0: Welcome to The Write Grad, the podcast where you learn to read like a writer and write with a reader in mind. I am once again Dr. Vincent Price and I'm here to simply share my experience with English grammar, writing, and a little bit of reading so that the next time that you write you're writing stronger and you're feeling more confident about it. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 3 of The Right Grad. This episode is going to be an active episode. And by that I mean I'm going to be outside riding my bike. Why am I doing this? One, uh, I started putting on a few pounds. I uh, noticed a little bulge around the midsection. But two, the topic of today's episode is active voice and passive voice. So I felt it's uh, very fitting to make this an active episode rather than a passive episode. Okay, so think back through something that you've written or something that you are writing right now. Do you have any sentences that read like this? The interviewees were, or they, the participants were notified by, The surveyed was completed by, uh, the food was eaten by, if you have any of those, or simply uh, the test was administered, period. If you have any of those sentences, that's what we call passive voice. Now, active voice is going to be kind of flipping that around. This person administered the test. Uh, the participants completed the survey the researcher selected the participants okay so simply said when we're talking about voice active and passive voice we're talking about the relationship between the subject of your sentence and the verb of your sentence an active voice occurs when your subject is actually performing the action of your verb. So we're talking about action verbs, okay? So the subject is actually doing the verb. Passive voice, the subject is receiving the action of the verb, okay? It's not doing anything. Something is being done to it. So the interviewees were selected by. The interviewees are not doing the selecting. They are simply being selected. The thing to know about, or the thing to remember about active voice and passive voice, you want to strive for writing active voice sentences. They just sound better. They're more direct, they're more to the point, and they take up slightly less words. Sometimes if you write one form of passive voice, you'll be adding two extra words. A be verb and the word by, okay, for instance the cake was eaten by me. I added the word was in there, and I added the word by. It's two extra words. If I changed it to active voice, I would then change it to, I ate the cake. Much more direct, much more assertive, much more active. The thing about passive voice is that when so many of your sentences are in passive voice, Some of you might find that it sounds more formal, and therefore more suited to discussing research. Your discipline might agree with you. Um, It's beyond me to say go against your discipline. So if you're in the sciences especially, and everyone seems to be writing in passive voice because that is the expectation, then stick to passive voice. Especially in your, I guess your methodology section, if you're a graduate student, doing some research or in your procedures, maybe. Anyone else who, uh, who are not tied down, who is not tied down to uh, using the passive voice, strive for using the active voice. It's going to sound much cleaner. It's going to sound like you actually are confident with what's going on. Because the thing about active, another thing about active and passive voice is that once you start using passive voice and you don't realize that you're doing it, you're gonna write so many passive voice sentences, it's gonna be insane. The topic was selected, then approval was granted. Once the approval was granted, participants were notified and then selected by the researcher who then was allowed to contact them and so on and so forth. The majority of what I just said, passive. Okay, And what I just said is not far from what I've seen people write when I've been editing their dissertations or dissertation chapters or proposals, theses. This is, this is true. This is accurate to what people do in their writing. But, oh, it's so much cleaner, y'all, to write active voice sentences. It's, oh my gosh, it's so clean. Can you imagine how sharp your sentences will sound? Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just telling you. So, whenever I see or receive a dissertation or some kind of academic document that uses passive voice, I try to change as many of those passive voice sentences to active voice. It cuts down on the wordiness, and that's one of my main jobs. Reduce that wordiness, and it just clarifies what the person is actually trying to do. Passive voice can be muddy, especially when those passive voice sentences get long. When you're writing dissertations and theses and proposals for these these research projects, our sentences sometimes uh, are long. So, you add that to the passive uh, voice status of it. Oh, it's long and weak, long and muddled, long and uh, edging on the side of confusing. Just clean it up. If that doesn't help, think about this. An active voice sentence is going to be more like a sentence that is up and moving around. Hey, y'all! Hey! Check out this writing. Check out what I found out. Hey, 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 hey. We can do it. 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 it. Yes, sir. Passive voice, alternatively, is going to be lounging on the couch, all stretched out uh, with a bowl of chips and chip crumbs and cookie crumbs around its mouth and saying, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's over there. you I mean, you don't need me to get up and show you, to you? Oh, nah, it, you can get it. Yeah, it, it's there. <laughs> okay? So, with that image in mind, or with those images in mind, what kind of right do you have? Do you have a right that's very energetic and active and actually doing something? Or do you have some passive voice sentences a passive voice writing that is just, just full out on the couch. Okay? If you have a passive voice sentence that is full out on the couch, here's what you, one thing you need to do. Kick his butt off that couch. Make him active. Make him exercise. You know, he got some extra pounds that can shed. Was and all the other be verbs. And the word buy, oh, once you get rid of all that extra stuff that's unnecessary, oh, it's going to be fit as a fiddle, as they say. <laughs> Woo. Oh, I like this metaphor. You know, I just like being outside, you know? I'm being active, trying not to be passive. I'll be honest. A couple of weeks ago, I was the epitome of a passive voice sentence. I was on that couch, watching, watching TV. I didn't have the crumbs around my mouth. I have more dignity than that, but but I, I really wasn't doing much. And uh, then I realized it, and so I changed. I'm trying to be more active, trying to cut down on these these pounds, this little bulge. Um, Developing, <laughs> and it's, it's nice but just like with active and passive voice it's a conscious thing it's, you have to be conscious of it in order to control it if you want to work out if you want to lose certain pounds certain amount of pounds then you have to consciously make efforts to do that yep same thing with active and passive voice I've started another podcast for those of you, especially English teachers or people who just like to listen to stories. Those of you who like to listen to audiobooks, audiobooks that don't take the whole several days to listen to, short stories or short fiction or short works. My second podcast is entitled English Teachable. In this podcast, I'm doing two things. Number one, reading short works that have an excellent place in the classroom. So I'm I'm reading them very dramatically, having the background music, sound effects, and all that is sounding very, very nice. Second thing I'm doing is explaining how these particular texts can then be taught in the English classroom, okay? So it's application. One part, entertainment, second part, application. So that is English Teachable. I believe you can find that podcast on any platform that carries part podcast. But one more thing about the active and passive voice. I'm not saying that passive voice is always wrong. Sometimes you don't know who's actually performing the action of your verb. Sometimes that's not something you want your readers to focus on. I don't want you to know who's actually performing this action. I want you to focus on who's receiving the action. Okay, well if that's the case, stick to passive voice for that instance. So the grammatical world, ask the grammarians, they'll tell you, they'll tell you that there are plenty of rules can do this, you cannot do that. Probably within the realm of grammarians, that grammar, that grammar world, you'll have people disagree with what can and cannot be done. Pass passive voice. Can be done. But the great thing about it, The English language, and I'm sure other languages are the same or similar, once you learn the rules, once you learn how things are structured, then you learn the effect of those things, then you can start to bend and or break the rules. Case in point, fragments. A sentence fragment. It lacks Either a subject and or a verb. I teach my students, that's a fragment, write a complete sentence. Once you know what you're doing, then you can start to use fragments stylistically. You're consciously writing this fragment, you're writing this, these words knowing that it's a fragment and knowing what the effect is going to be. Not to me as a teacher, but to me as a reader. Same way with, let's say, um, elementary school. Students, or at least used to be taught, that you cannot subtract a large number from a smaller number. No, you can't do that. Then, later on in life, I learn, well, actually you can. And it's called a negative number. Hmm. So there are times and places for breaking the rules or for adding an addendum, including an addendum to the rules. So you can use passive voice. Some folks will disagree. Um, but you need to, if you do use it, you need to use it consciously. That's just the same as saying, you can use fragments, but if you use fragments, know that you're using fragments. Okay, it's no excuse to have a an essay full of fragments and they serve absolutely no purpose. You don't even know these they're fragments. You think they're actual sentences. No, 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 no. Same thing, it's not... It's not okay to write an essay full of passive voice and it's just dragging your whole paper down and you don't even realize it's passive voice. No, 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 no. Learn what you're doing first and then you can start to bend and break. Through. So, before I close out, for those of you who want to figure out, find a test to see whether their sentences, uh, your sentences are passive or active, step one. Assuming that you already have sentences written. Step one, find your verb. Is your verb an action? If it's not an action, don't worry about it. Active and passive voice are only for active uh, action verbs. Okay, Something that can be done. So, asked, found, discovered, believed, um, interviewed. These are actions. A sentence like this one, the researcher is sure that blah, 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 Is is not an action verb. It's just a, it's a linking verb. So it's neither active nor passive, okay? You actually have to be doing something. You have to have a verb that's doing something. Okay, so that's step one. Determine, find your verb and figure out whether it's an action or not. If it's not an action, leave it alone. If it is an action, now find the subject. Usually it's going to be the word before it. So ask yourself this. Is that subject performing the action, doing the verb, or is that verb being done to the subject? Uh, Another way to approach step two, after you find your verb, ask yourself this. Who or what is performing the action of your verb? Who's doing the verb? Once you have the answer to that question, check to the left of it and see if it's before the verb. See if your answer is before the verb. Okay. Step three is if you find that your subject, the way you've written it, is receiving the action, restructure that sentence so that the new subject is performing the action. So you're kind of swapping places. Here's an example. The survey was given to the participants, okay? What's our verb? Our verb is given, or was given, if you want to include the helping verb. Was given, okay. Our question then is, who did the giving? According to our sentence, the survey was given. The survey is not doing the giving, it's receiving the action, it's being given. Okay, so who gave the survey? it's not in the sentence. So that sentence is passive voice and we have to rewrite it. We can rewrite it. So let's say that it's the researcher who actually gave the survey. So then we'll just replace or swap out the subjects. The researcher gave the survey to the participants. See that? Our verb is now gave. Who gave, who or what gave? The researcher gave. What did he give? Or what did he or she give? Gave the survey to whom the participants. It might take some time to get used to, but I'm telling you, I prefer active passive. Just feel better about myself. Whether that's, whether that's with grammar and writing, or whether that's with actually physical exercise. I'm out here riding a bike, the wind blowing through my non-existent hair, and it is luxurious, and I feel good about myself, and I want you to feel good about yourself and about your writing as well. So that's active and passive. Uh, if you want some some more insight into active and passive voice, you can check, check out my LinkedIn article. You can find me at, uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Vincent Price, PhD. I've written an article differentiating between active and passive voice. All right, so that's the end of this episode, this active episode on active and passive voice. I hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned next week for another episode dealing with grammar, writing, or reading. Take care, y'all.